Welcome back to King Rose Court, episode 47 is inbound. And we are back out of the depths of hell, I suppose. Um, Of course, I was on a bit of a self-imposed exile from King Rose Court, but we're back in session. And tonight I have a very cool, cool guest who has, I think, he just, you know, we pulled a trick there last week and pulled out a, a really, really awesome EP on all of us. Um, a bit bit before it was meant to come out, so we'll talk about that today. Um, welcome to King Wars Court, Adrian Foley. How are you, my man? Good, Carl. Thanks, thanks for having me. Um, no problem. Really to be taking part. I'm good. I'm, I'm I'm missing college lectures tonight to be part of this, so I feel like I'm like wow. a rebellious bitch in school or something. So yeah, well, oh, <laughs> hope, hope I don't get you get you flunking out or nothing, you know. <laughs> I <laughs> hope so too. Blend the king. Don't blend the king. No, what am I yeah, saying? Yeah. Don't blend the king. You're me not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll write you. No, don't worry. King Rose no. said he, Adrian doesn't have to do his chore or his legs. Whatever. <laughs> uh, listen, again, it's great to see you, man. Uh, how are you keeping? Uh, I'm kind of like the rest of the world adjusting to this sort of slightly post-COVID, maybe on the cusp of fucking World War Three nuclear Holocaust, I don't know what we're facing yep. at the minute. Um, lately, I'm enjoying being out without a mask on and being able to go into supermarkets and stuff without having a mask on. And I'm nice. kind of almost feeling like uh, like a, a human being again. So, yeah, yeah I'm good. All is, all is good to me. And um, strange times to be living in, for sure, though, yeah. Absolutely. But, um, so, like, we are going to talk about your, abs- your absolutely blistering fucking EP, The Ancient Dark. And congratulations, first and foremost. It's fantastic. But before we go into that, let's just roll the time back a little bit. And you were in a little, small, little, tiny little band called Stereo Nasty. Yeah. Uh, that was sarcasm, by the way. <laughs> uh, you didn't, I thought you were, you were looking at me, you was like, you're going to kill me there. That was only messing, like, you know. Oh, um, I, just, I just have a bitch face. No, 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 it's just the way I look. And I have a light kind of. I've, <laughs> I've got this thing, I'm like sensitive to lights and stuff. So looking uh, at screen, if I look really cross-eyed and stuff it's just uh so you're a vampire you're a vampire yeah pretty much that's yeah, okay yeah. we are yeah. we yeah we get on with vampires on this show don't we yeah. so um yeah give us a little bit of a just to build up a little bit about stereo nasty because i don't know why i didn't get you on the, the show before but i mean uh, we know you're no longer around so give us a little bit of a breakdown on a little brief history of stereo nasty and what brought you to where you are now with uh, the ancient dark um, Stereo Nasty. Where do I start, Stereo Nasty? Um, Stereo Nasty uh, was a heavy metal band, a sort of kind of retro heavy metal band. Mm. Um, um, I think what set us apart from other maybe heavy metal bands uh, was, particularly in Ireland, was a couple of things. One, we weren't doing it kind of tongue in cheek as a bit of a joke. It was sort of like, no, it's actually what we like. And, we're not going for that steel panther vibe and good and then the other thing was is that we weren't like a lot of kind of 80s metal bands in in ireland seem to take that sort of um sleazy rock kind of route uh where it's like kind of death leopard bon jovi stuff mm. like that we were more like wasp and judas priest and rat and docking on that type of stuff the um, good stuff the good stuff yeah with a little bit of sort of early 80s power metal thrown in um, the thing about the um, Stereo Nasty kind of originally started as a synthwave 
band, which is kind of weird. Um, <laughs> I, it was originally me and a friend of mine were doing like, uh, you know, like Sid Web with Synths and you know, um, um, that kind of 80s soundtrack stuff. Yeah. Uh, count kind of sounded like um, like stuff off, just like, like kind of Tangerine Dream influenced stuff, but then like a lot of like Power Glove and uh, Actraiser and um, Dynatron and stuff like that. And that kind of mm. like that really retro synth stuff. And um, so just, just doing this with a friend of mine, we play guitar parts on a guitar and stuff, whatever, like, and they kind of started going gradually, gradually more and more metalized and stuff as time went on. And um, friend of mine, Frank Egan was the guy who was doing it with, and he was friends with Mick Mann. And I'd known Mick, we had been in a band before, like, but he was playing bass at the time. And um, himself and Mick were in his house one night getting shit face, like, you know, and um, d d Mick decided, that it'd be funny that Mick would put some vocals over the stuff that I was doing. Um, so they called me up at like three in the morning, like, fucking listen to this. <laughs> and it sounded really deadly, like it sounded really, really cool. So I was like, maybe we, maybe we should actually team up here. Um, and he was kind of doing it because Mick was a, was a really great singer, like, and mm. he had that. He was kind of doing it ironically as a piss take to do all that kind of like that wasp sort of blacky lawless type singing. Yeah. Uh, but it sounded really cool. So uh, I, I, I was like, well, fuck it, let's let's do something like, and um, I put together like uh, an EP of uh, three songs um, and I, I got like a guy called Kion Callahan to do session drums and I did all the guitars and bass on it and recorded Michael Richards and I gave it to Mick and um, I was like, <laughs> you know Transformers the movie? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I told him I, I, the, the band line that does the, 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 the soundtrack to that. Yeah. I, 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 sent him that and I was just like sing like this and because uh, Mick, Mick wasn't as versed in 80s metal like he was more of a kind of like uh, Coheed and Cambria Mastodon and that type of stuff that's more what he was into like okay. uh, so I kind of you know kind of schooled him a little bit he just happened to sound like that as his natural <laughs> voice like that. so um, so yeah we, we did the, the he came back with some vocal ideas and we, we did the, the, the demo and it was weird because I thought everybody was going to absolutely hate it. I thought it was going to be like, this is going to, we're going to be laughed out of town. But I just did it because I wanted to do it because I loved that music and I've loved that music since I was a kid. And, yeah. Uh, just, it just really speaks to me. And I, I never got a chance to write that stuff. I was always kind of in heavier bands or I was in different types of bands, but I never got to actually play that type of stuff. So it was like, built up in me so that when I finally was able to do it, there were so many riffs and ideas and different things that had been built up in me over the years that it just flowed out like, because we did like two albums like really, really quickly um, and it just, just flowed out so fast. And and then we we put the the demo out and I remember like saying, everyone's going to fucking hate this. And a couple of friends of mine said, just put it out see what happens, you know? And it kind of like, to say it blew up would be an exaggeration, but it did kind of within the sort of the, the little world of Irish metal, it did blow up, like you know. And I did, yeah. It was there was a it was a great buzz about it. A really great buzz about it, and it had it it, it done something kind of like it, it got really kind of I, I find that how would I put this? To me, it's like there's like two metal scenes in Ireland. Um, oh. there is like. You have like the the more sort of old school sort of primordial morning beloved invictus productions 
Malthusian, Vorkalak, that type of scene. And then yeah. you have the other scene, which is like the other bands that um, would generally congregate around like playing gigs in fibers and stuff. And they'd be kind of more like modern sounding bands and they'd be more like of that type of thing. But it's like, it's like there's two separate scenes that don't really like cross over to each other. Mm. The one band, like you'll never see like those bands playing with each other and stuff. They never really kind of integrate. So what kind of surprised me with Stereo Nasty is that we had both kind of scenes were into yeah. it and both kind of liked it, and which is really surprising. Um, so on the back of that, we're like, fuck it, let's do an album and get some people in. And we got it lined up together really quickly and we did an album. And it just fucking blew up. Um, it, we got like, um, we had like labels and stuff after us and we were getting, we got to, to go out in Europe and we did a tour and um, we got to do lots of like festival fly-ins and stuff like in Romania and Denmark and um, it was really cool. Um, Belgium, different places like, and um, it just, it just kind of went really, really well. Um, and it just really took off. Um, and it kind of like we did two albums um and it was it was just great it, it was it really kind of but I kind of i don't really have an exact answer as to why it stopped mm-hmm. um it, it it kind of like i think mick wasn't really into it as much anymore i don't want to talk because no. he's not defend himself but mick was kind of like i think um I don't think he was ever really into the music that much, you know. And Mick mm. was like, he's like me in the sense, but kind of a bit of a, a naturally sort of shy person. That kind okay. of like, yeah. So I think he kind of, but he's he's even more he's even more like he's very kind of reclusive and and like he can be hard to contact at times and he could disappear for weeks on end and stuff, whatever. Like and, and that's just the way he is. So. Mm. But it became very hard for us to kind of function with that because he might disappear for a while and we. We were at the stage of um, we had some pretty high-profile gigs, and um, it was like we, we can't be fucking around with this stuff. Like it's like yeah. if, if we have if we have three gigs here, and um, if we don't do this or if we fuck this up, then it's it's not like we're we're canceling the gig down the road. You know, it's like we could burn bridges here forever. Like you know, so um, that became a bit of a problem, and I think just writing and stuff became a bit of a problem as well. Um, yeah. But the thing was that when we finished, um, we never like officially said that's the end of everything. I would never rule out doing it again. Um, I'd never rule out. Um, the, I had started writing the third album, um, which I, I had some really cool riffs and stuff, and I still have those ideas knocking around. And I'd, I'd never rule it out. I think if I was going to do it again, I think Mick would have to be singing on it because his voice was such an integral part of it. Mm. Um, and I know Fran and Rudd would probably, I think they would do it again and they, they never really wanted to stop anyway. Um, so never say never, you know. Mm. Um, maybe, I, if I, just, I, maybe if it's just maybe if it's just a few recordings and then uh, Mick wouldn't have to perform live or something, I don't know. Something like that. We could get like one of those hologram things where like we just <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, hologram, um, yeah, hologram, <laughs> yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, so yeah, if if like never say never. Um, just right now, it's 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 there's no signs it on the horizon. Um, if the stars aligned, um, I I would do it again. Um, I yeah. know the other lads and and it's just like saying just getting Mick to do it. That would be the thing. Like, but if I was gonna do it again, 
uh, I'm not really one for half measures. So it's like, we're going to do it, we're doing it right, and we're going to do another album, and we're going to tour, and we're going to do a real thing. We're not going to get together and fuck around, like, so we're either in or out, like, but, you know, yeah. so if, if we could do that, I would do it. But um, I'm not the one that has to make that decision. Though. Of course. <laughs> well, sure, like you said, never say never. But what I will yeah. say is, if any, if not, if any, if people haven't ever checked this out, and I'm sure you, most of most of us in Ireland, in Ireland have, but if there's anyone listening that's maybe stateside or whatever, uh, we're gonna I'll put links in the description of the video for Stereo Nasty, so they can check out Stereo Nasty as well because it's a uh, it was a moment in time for for Irish metal and rock, I think it was, and uh, needs to be uh, heard by more people, you know. Yeah, I think. Um, thank you for saying. That. I really appreciate it. Like, uh, I think, like, it, it kind of it was a kind of strange experience. Like, because I'd always been in in local bands and stuff, whatever. And when you go to another country, and just people there wearing your t-shirt and mm. asking you this shit, like, and like, that was pretty. I remember the first time we were in. Uh, the Netherlands, and we were just walking around. And we, we had a little camper van that we were on a, a small European tour, and, and like it was. I remember going, like, as I always do in every city, I go to the music shop first. And I remember going in there and, see, and like seeing the metal section. There was a couple there, and the girl there was wearing like a stereo nasty t shirt. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was kind of surreal. And um, so st- stuff like that was really cool. I, I remember. Um, and, and we used to get some really good messages off people and some really good like feedback and you get like messages from people around the world and people really really seem to be into it like you know um oh. remember some guy in america uh sending me a message on Bandcamp saying i just want you to know that my son was born yesterday and i played your album because i wanted it to be the first music that you heard oh wow so, that's cool yeah that's really cool Shit like that is like yeah can't buy that like you know and that's so, the thing like when you get when you get reactions like that to your music that you've created that's more to me anyway that that would be more important than trying to you know bust your ass to make a million dollars or whatever you know that's you know obviously everyone wants money but stuff like that that's lovely that is cool the, i've never been i've never been motivated by the money though like never no. like like uh i i have some fr- like lads that i know some friends and stuff that they play in wedding bands and they make they make more money in a night than I would in fucking five years. Like, but I I I, I don't care. Like, and I I've been asked to do that stuff. It's like you know every guitar player is just asked to do things like you know I say like, we did play three hours and I plan this fucking shite and <laughs> where are we? like and it's and we'll pay you two grand a gig. No, I, I'm not in it for the money. Like, and I, yeah. I I think um when it comes to playing music that I think that you you, you kind of have. They'd be getting something out of it um but i think that you, you you either get like your artistic reward or or that sounds a bit pretentious but whatever like you, you i know what you mean though <laughs> you need to be, have a like an emotional connection with what you're doing and it makes you feel good and it makes you feel like you're alive and you're attached to music and it's real or you need to be getting paid ideally if you're getting bought that's great yeah but i, I think that you, to get paid is good to get like your to, to be creatively emotionally attached to what you're doing is really good i think the worst thing that can happen to people is that they get neater and they get stuck in a road of just keep making music keep yeah. hoping something's going to happen and keep going because because you kind of get institutionalized making music you kind of forget like why am i still doing this like, yeah. you know? 
I'm at that age now where I had a few years of questioning, why am I doing this? Like, you know, but I know <laughs> I still love it and I still want to do it, you know. So Yeah, well that's that is great to hear, man. It really is. And um tell me this, uh what got you started? Are you a guitarist by trade or what's your main instrument or do you have just one or what's crack? Uh in my heart of hearts I'm a rhythm guitar player. Um I started out I was a trash kid. Um grew up uh early nineties listening to Circuit Right Eccentrics, Annihilator, uh Sepultura, Megadeth, Slayer, all that stuff. That kinda of led into like death metal and doom metal and all type of stuff. I'm old enough now to say that like I'm of that generation, my first band was Guns N' Roses. That's <laughs> brilliant. Same. So grown- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Slash and fucking Easy Straddling and Gilby Clark were probably my original guys. Um, and then Metallica from there. And when I got into music, um, like wanting to play guitar and stuff, Sepultura, huge, 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 huge influence on me as well. Um, they were huge over here, weren't they? That, that time. Arise. Ah, Arise that time period, they were huge. They were huge, like crazy like and it you kind of like you kind of took it for granted at the time but like you go into shops to be honest like several tour and march in particular on chaos city oh. all the singles and stuff that was out like and crazy yeah but like yeah so like i'm like a guitar player like, i would say a rhythm guitar player for me uh my kind of um, i think injustice for all was probably my first really big um just for all mass but stuff like that was like i kind of i used to listen to stuff over and over again but mm. I had this thing, like, I used to, like, rewind the riffs and fast-forward the guitar solos because I didn't really <laughs> like, just like the riffs. So I was really into, like, really into, like, um, the riffs and really into that sound. And when I think of music, like, I, I, I always write riffs, I think very much in a riff kind of way. Mm. And I'm, I'm so, I'm so, like, like, programmed that way. Like, I mean, I have... I have albums that I love, but I couldn't tell you the fucking names of the songs. I don't know the lyrics. I don't know anything about it. It's just yeah. the riffs I like, you know. So, <laughs> um, so I'd say a rhythm guitar player is what I am in my heart of hearts. Um, I just I just kind of learned to play guitar solos because I sort of had to and <laughs> like, <laughs> to play bass and learn how to sing. And I never intended, that's the all just kind of happened. Like I never intended for it to happen. I just sort of like, I, I just wanted to play rhythm guitar in a trash metal band, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> And that's that's okay, <laughs> but um, which is now what kind of leads me to what you have released. How many days ago? As well, this will be out on um, Thursday. So you released it on what was it last week? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was last week. It was, it was like yeah, it's do it. Um, just put it out, yeah. Awesome. So tell me how you got to that stage where you were going to record um, the ancient deck. Um, the ancient dark, the the idea of of that has been knocking around for a long time, um, really long time. Some of that stuff was written when I was still in Stereo Nasty, um, and I started writing that like properly focused on writing that stuff. I think when Stereo Nasty ended, but I couldn't really quite figure out what I wanted to do and my brain was so kind of still programmed from Stereo Nasty that I kind of found this that the heaviest stuff I was writing was still very kind of melodic and still very kind of of that thing so it took me a while to really get to where I wanted to be and I wrote a lot of stuff and 
and there was a lot of like trial and error and a lot of experimentation and stuff until I got a sound that I was really really happy with um, and what I wanted to do with the Ancient Dark was is that I wanted it to be um, like not music that fit into a box so easily as like Stereo Nasty and I also I, in between Stereo Nasty and the Ancient Dark I did another one man band like a, like a trash death metal band called oh. uh, Necrokinesis and we, I, did, I put out an album last year doing that oh my god um, is that available on Bandcamp and all the usual things? Is it? On Bandcamp and we uh, Cryptic Blood put a cassette edition, which I thought was really cool. It was on cassette as well. Looked pretty cool. Cool. Um, so that was I kind of that was um, the original plan for that one was myself, Rudd and Fran from Serenasty were going to do that. Mm. Three of us and going to do the vocals on it. But then lockdown happened, so no one could leave the house. So yeah. we couldn't practice and we couldn't do anything else. So I wound up finishing that on my own. And then when I finished it on my own, I was like, maybe I could do other stuff on my own too. Uh, so I kind of thought long and hard about doing The Ancient Dark and um, I was going to get singers in. I was going to get like drummer, get different people, a lead guitar player. Um, but I just kind of wound up, I never intended it to be a one-man thing. Um, I just kind of was like, I'll do this until the, the, the guitar player gets her. Or I'll do this until the singer gets her. <laughs> uh, but it turned out really, really well. Um, and I kind of surprised myself with how well it turned out. Um, um, so I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. And, and um, so I, I was like, properly recorded it and got it out. Um, I probably finished recording it two months ago, I think. Um, and then just was like, yeah, just going to put it out. And um, so it's, it's been like, I was, I was going to put it out at the end of March. Um, but I was just like, you know what? No, fuck it. I'm just gonna stick it up now on Bandcamp and just get it out there and yeah. do it. Like, I'm, we're, we're glad you did because it's it's been getting great, a great reception so far. It really has. Mm. It. I can't stress enough how how good it is. It's it, it pulls from so many different uh, aspects, and I assume that that's 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 probably your purest form on that on that recording. With the amount of that, uh, the amount of you know sounds that are that are in it because there's lots of different sounds in it like mm. i feel anyway you know yeah there's a lot there's a lot in there like it's kind of like i i sort of, I, I put it out as, as melodic death metal but like sure i mean what does that even mean anymore but yeah. like i just that because like in this day and age you just people are just so saturated with music you kind of have to give it a, a little bit of a tag just so people yeah. can have a little bit of like here's this thing you might like um <laughs> so it was it's like uh the primary kind of i suppose probably one of the main influences of it was is that would be that kind of mid 90s period of sort of melodic death doom metal like paradise lost uh amorphous a bit of swedish you know. in there as well yeah a bit swedish a bit of hypocrisy maybe yeah and um, that type of thing that but at the same time though like i didn't want to go and be like let's take that whole template and copy it and then like we'll be like it was like i wanted to, to have room to do other things because I, I listened to a lot of other like post metal stuff and i listened mm. to a lot of like non-metal stuff and um i wanted it to be just broad and kind of um at the same time cohesive all the songs fit together yeah and when i was doing the ep i had like probably i don't know to sit let's say 20 songs that i could have went with because i had a lot of stuff written but I picked four songs that uh, 
two that were like I wrote at the very very start maybe five years ago when mm -hmm. I started working on it and then like two that I wrote last year so I wanted to get like the broadest time span and I also wanted to get like um the broadest kind of sound but also like all fit together um, yeah. uh, because I didn't want to be oh here's the last four songs I wrote or here's the first four songs I wanted to be <laughs> a, a kind of whole, whole representation of all the stuff that I've been working on um, and I, I'm I'm really happy with how it turned out. Like I'm really kind of um, it's like uh, I, I kind of surprised myself, but and, and I sort of found the like I I have this thing when it, when it comes to writing music and doing things that um, it shouldn't sound like you're trying. Like you shouldn't try to, to do like um, like that Charles Bukowski quote. Like don't try. You know, it's like yeah, you, you should right because if 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 you're trying then it's not going to work it's going to sound forced and you can hear it in bands when they're trying and i found yeah. that the less i tried to write stuff the more natural it came and the better it was yeah so if i sit around writing riffs and i was doing different things and everything else the more i just kind of just let it out the more it kind of the, the riffs came together and the songs came together yeah. um it was really cool yeah i i i kind of um it's it's kind of like I'm, I'm i'm a really harsh critic of myself a really like like brutally harsh critic like so it's like yeah uh, the cds arrived the other day and i hadn't listened to it i deliberately stopped listening to it for a couple of days no one uh -huh. CDs come and whenever i got a new cd of i always go for spin in the car and put it on like and i was like okay here we go let's see what this is actually really like and then putting it in and <laughs> Uh, it's good and yeah and i was like yeah it's actually really cool i'm from i found myself driving faster and turning up loud so. <laughs> that's <laughs> a good like, sign yeah. <laughs> that's a good sign that's a good sign so yeah, yeah that's fantastic man um so you got you recorded in track mix with mick didn't you yeah and how did that yeah, go uh like we i, I did well, i did all this the stereo nasty stuff with mick and i did the necrokinesis thing with mick and um prior to doing the ancient dark like i've been i've been making demos for this stuff with him for the last few years like so i i've like so i've recorded a fucking ridiculous amount of stuff over there like so but i love working with mick and um, um i love like we're both like totally guitar nerds so yeah. we're both, we've got like a really specific era of 80s japanese super strats uh so <laughs> we just nerd talk with all that stuff um but yeah, i i love working with mick and i i, I love um like how he works and, and everything else and he's he's such a he's he's such a like he, he creates such a laid back and good atmosphere but at the same time he's a total perfectionist like yeah um and it's it's a really kind of good mix to have because no pun intended but like, <laughs> uh, it's good to have that sort of uh chill out get to have a cup of coffee there's no stress or whatever um and then at the same time it's like no let's let's try again let's let's get like reamp it again and get you know get it really perfect like mm. so and even though after it was finished like he kept sending me more mixes thinking they were better like making not really you know so, yeah he's a so. perfectionist like you said oh massively massively <laughs> um a gentleman as well and an absolute legend so uh big shout out to mick but before we move on from Mick, i was talking to him today yeah. And he told me to ask you about your raccoons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I didn't keep yeah. I kept that one from you. <laughs> kept that one from me, yeah, yeah. Uh so I've I've three raccoons. Yeah. Wow. Um, that live here in the house with me and um 
yeah, so it's uh, kind of an unusual one, but yeah, I got like we have three of them here in the house. Um, they're like our little our babies, like you know. So are they fully domesticated? Uh, like, yeah, they're fully domesticated. Um, they there's kind of like when when you think of like domesticated, you think of like a domesticated cat or a dog or whatever. Mm. Like raccoons are like really strong willed and really um curious and uh like uh, they get into everything like so if, if you like we have to put child locks on the fridge and on the press and all that type <laughs> of stuff they pull everything out the like and they go rooting for things and they like they just make like a mess and they're so curious like uh it's like uh, it's like having a five-year-old. You know, I don't have any kids, but what I imagine would be like having a five-year-old. Like, you know, they're your kids. They're my kids. Yeah, uh, so they're quite a handful, but they're great crack. Like, you know, and they're. Um... It's unusual to hear of a of raccoon. Uh, they're not native to here, should they? No, North America. I think, yeah. So, so yeah. what did you have to get them specially brought in, or what way did that work? Um. No, we got the the first, we bought the got, got the our first one. Um, we got her, yeah, probably eight years ago. No, nine years ago. Now I think. Um, and what happens when you get a raccoon is you become known as a raccoon person. People are like a raccoon. So you know the way like when you're in a band, right? And you wind up in Facebook groups about bands. You wind up fucking doing band things or whatever you're yeah. you're collecting. Into there, you just kind of people gravitate towards you because of the stuff you're into. <laughs> so what happened with us is that other raccoon people started gravitating towards us, like, and then we wound up the, the, the two other raccoons that we got were like people that had raccoons and couldn't look after them. They were like, because because they got this thing expecting like a cat, and then like all <laughs> of a sudden this show because I had to pull them out fucking a carton of milk and a bag of flour and making a cake, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so we we took the two other two like as sort of kind of rescues and people that couldn't look, look after them. So, um, because we were just about crazy enough to do it. Like yeah, but they're, they're a great fun though. Like they're a great crack. It's uh, a beautiful animal. Beautiful animals. Like they have like little hands, little fingers, right? And what I love doing is taking things out of my pockets and <laughs> hiding them. Guitar, they love guitar picks. They take guitar picks. I, I work night shifts, right? And when my stereo nasty was gone as well, sometimes they'd be gone for a few days, could be gone for a week away or something. Yeah. Like, work as well. I used to go off for long times, could be gone for a few days. And they'd get really pissed off me when I was gone. And I'm not mm-hmm. making this up. Someone's like, I am, but this is true. When I was gone, because they were pissed off me at night, they used to take my toothbrush or my razor left behind the toilet and they'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> like, as a sort of revenge. How oh, dare you go off <laughs> So they're highly intelligent. Wow. Highly intelligent and very like very emotional and really kind of have a, a really great memory of it. If you ever do wrong on them, they never forget it. But the, yeah. like um, because their little fingers like are really good at fitting into uh, the, like wallets and stuff. They love like taking out bank cards and things like that. <laughs> so sometimes you take out your wallet, you go to pay for something, and the bank card's gone, and it's like oh, I got robbed again by a raccoon. <laughs> And people are saying to you, what the f- shut up you, you big weirdo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember paying for going to pay for a diesel one day and, and um, took it up in my wallet and there's no bank card there, like, and I said, like, oh, I think my raccoon's out taking it, like, and your man's like, oh, yeah, she mine are the same. And, like, uh-huh. and, like, like mean kids, like, you know, but, you know, 
So, and sure enough, I went home. There's my bank card in her cubby, like, you know. So. It's a fecker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, oh, that's, that's awesome. It. That's class, man. Um, so, I want to just kind of segue back to your, your uh, EP. So, the artwork, did you come up with the artwork yourself, or what's going on with it there? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't come up with it myself. It was kind of... I just went looking for artwork and mm. that was kind of uh, pre-made that suited it. Like, I wanted, um, I wanted the type of thing that is on it. Uh, I wanted that kind of look. I was really into like the idea of um, woods and stuff, uh, kind of. Uh, but that stuff, like, I wanted that kind of look, but that stuff can get like really cliche really quick because it's done to death and. Um, mm. Especially when you start getting into like the death metal and stuff, whatever, like uh, melodic stuff in particular. There's so much woods and trees and fucking things. It's a bit of a cliche, but mm. I wanted to do that, and I wanted something that was also kind of haunting um, and kind of done in a different sort of way. Um, so I just uh, I I went looking, and it took a long time and a lot of stuff, but eventually found that art, and I, I talked to the artist and worked it out yeah so i can't mm. actually remember his name which is really really bad of me like i may look off because <laughs> it was so brief it's like uh how much is this cost it's like yeah yeah okay, and then he sent it to me and that was it like so i was like yeah I, I thought it was really cool and i thought it was really different uh, and good. i wanted some the the kind of like I, I really like the way it's not black or it's not dark and like you know yes. half the thing, but it's like to have something white and then even with the bank camp I want to stay away from all the blacks and stuff like and just like use different colors and and I'm kind of yeah so I, I thought I thought it was um really cool and really kind of suit with it like it's nice uh, yeah I like doing that as well with, our, with my band stuff uh, if I can if I can get away with doing like a different color t-shirt or, or adding a, a bright color into one of our t-shirts a couple of t-shirts back it was uh, like a really bright orange print yeah, yeah, and yeah. black and it works so well you know I just like I mean, if I, you know, if I thought I could get a, a red T-shirt with a, that would that suit with what I, or we were trying to portray, I'd be mm. all over that, like you know. Yeah, 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 totally, yeah. yeah. So, I think, uh, really cool. like, I think it's really cool when you do when you do things like that. Like, I think it's really cool, you know. Yeah. I I like um, going. For, it's probably weird, but I like going from one extreme to another, you know. So, like, we had the first album, which was mainly black and grey. Mm. And then the Bloodwood EP that we brought out a couple of years ago was red, red, like yeah, really yeah. bright red, yeah, like yeah. you know, and it worked. It just worked. It was yeah. strong and it was, you know, it was noticeable, you know. But of course, it was uh, in a forest. So <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who you telling like? You know, it's like. Well, I think that like when you, I think the thing with like metal uh, is that. Like you have all of this stuff here, and you take this, 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 and this, and they're going to be your things. But yeah. then you can do what you want with them, and you can play around with them, and you can find different ways of doing it. Like and like you're not going to reinvent it. And if you do, no. then you're no longer playing the thing you wanted to play. Like you know, exactly. so, but you can be really creative and do different things within it. Like you know, and, and I think that's that's really cool. Like you know, to kind of do that, fuck around with things, and be like, oh, let's try yeah. this a little bit differently, or do this in a different color, and yeah. Uh, no, yeah, and like, and, and not like I, I'm at, at the same time, I love the whole aesthetic of like a lot of the underground death metal stuff too. Like, I can be into all that too. Like, you know, it's just that I just prefer to keep things a bit different. Like, you know, yeah. maybe the next one will be all black, like, you know, so you exactly know. whatever way it takes you at that stage, isn't it? It's exactly. not, yeah. 
Um, are you gonna are you gonna kind of play gigs with this project, or is, is it just you? You that's it, like you're just a recording end. Uh, I don't know. Uh, is I I I'd, I'd love to, uh, but I I don't know. Like I'm I'm super busy with things. Um, but I think I I'd love to do it if I could get the right people to do it. Mm. Uh, see, I live in like I live in Baglandstown, which is like the back arse of nowhere, um, <laughs> and I'm not going to walk down to the pub and bump into some drummer or something like you know it's like like so for me it's like i need to be thinking about the nearest place probably dublin which is about an hour and a half away from me mm. and i try to do the practice in dublin thing um but it's fucking so difficult like so um i don't know i i would i wouldn't rule it out and um, if i could find the right people i would do it um no plans at the minute um but I have been thinking about it and I have been sort of like, it has been on my mind. And when I listen to the EP, it's like, these would be good live songs. Like, you know, this, yeah, this is good live music. Like, and um, then I'd have to deal with the whole, like, um, it's one thing being a vocalist in a recording book, but going out and being a front man then is something else too. Like, that's a whole other thing. So it's not easy. You know, <laughs> not easy. <laughs> I, I, I don't know yeah it's like you know all about that like that's, that's, that's like yeah i don't have a, i don't have an instrument to hide behind and i have i have considered doing that before uh because bass i love bass you know yeah, and yeah. um i was always wanting to take up playing bass i'm not i'm not always playing it for the band but maybe if we ever needed someone i would have had it there but then i would have taken away from my performance as a frontman i yeah. feel you know yeah yeah but um, yeah, I I I, I thought of the idea for a hot minute, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, we'll never know. You never know. You might wind up doing it. So somewhere down the line, maybe. Um, but I just want to say congratulations on on the EP. It's absolutely fantastic, and I I'm not just saying it because you're here. But like I have to say, when I finally got to hear it, uh, it's my favorite release so far. I know we're only in March, but it's my favorite release of the year so far. Your favorite um, release of March. <laughs> yeah, of, of the year so far, he said. Listen to me, okay? It's going to be hard to top that, right? Jesus. Just Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. I really, I really appreciate that. <laughs> no worries. It's It really is enjoyable, and it's been... I've listened to it a few times now. But before we before we go, I'm going to let you go in a minute. Uh, just what Irish bands appeal to you right now, or have appealed to you, or, you know... Oh, a few names out there, a few shout outs. Uh, I, I kind of, to be honest, now I've been kind of out of touch for the last couple of years with what's happening in the Irish scene. Um, I think one band that I really liked recently was Grief Eater. I thought, oh, yeah, they did a, I thought that, was, that was fucking savage. I really, really liked that. And I, I meant to pick up the vinyl and I, I, I need to get on that, but if it's not too late, but I thought that was fucking savage. Um, I really like that. Um, um, I think Zealot Cult are great. I really Brilliant. like Zealot. Yeah. Um, Mick has his other thing going now. Uh, Death. Was it Death Dealer or something like that? Something. Some really good play on mm. the word Death. I now can't remember. One of the lads from Memoriam is in it as well, isn't he? That's right. Yeah. 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 Like that was, well, I don't know if that counts as an Irish thing, like, but his other band Zealot Cult are really cool as well. Yeah. 
Um, I, I, I want to say God is an astronaut, but that's not the name of the band. I'm so bad. Like, <laughs> what's, that, what's that young lad band? Oh, God alone. God alone. God alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Savage fucking band. A couple of years ago, I uh, was asked to judge. Um, go a few years ago now, actually, at this point. Um, you know, they had, they had like this um, metal to the masses thing. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, and Asti were asked to play at the end of it. We have all the bands competing. Mm. And then we go on and play at the end of it. And we were the judges of the thing. So we had to judge. And um, it was God Alone and Genova. And this was in Cork, I think. And um, I can't, for like, I remember two other bands then. Sorry, other bands. I, I don't remember yeah. why. God Alone were, were really, really awesome. And they reminded me of uh, kind of like, the, like I, I, I don't even know this is might not even what they're into but it reminded me of like the early 2000s when a lot of like post metal post hardcore stuff mm. uh, Isis um, Orton 9 um, Cult of Luna um, Red Sparrows Neurosis all that type of stuff mm. and I don't know if that's what they're going for but that was kind of like my middle-aged man closest approximation to what I, could, what, what I thought they were really class so really, yeah. really cool something different um, they're, they're actually doing a UK tour I think in the next little while deadly that's great for them they're, they're, they're kind of band that like they could be they could be huge I hate saying that because it's such a because it's like but it's like a cliche but they could be like you know mm, um, absolutely and it's like and it's really cool because they're not just another like Mastodon clone or something like you know it's like you know they're a really good band. Mm. Um, I think just some really good, a lot of really good like kind of black and death metal stuff as well. Mm. So, are quite cool. And um, the grief and another kind of a, a sort of spin off of Faroon. Faroon, I got the the new, the new Faroon album which is quite good, and and the grief was was kind of that's um, like another kind of. Death Doom thing, which is really, yeah. really cool. Um, we, love, we love our Death Doom in Ireland, don't we? Yeah, we really, really do. And it's kind of weird because it's like there's only really three genres that, like all the bands, you never see a power metal band for Ireland. Like, you never yeah. see a fucking symphonic fucking metal band. You never see that stuff, like, you know. No. Uh, you never see a crust punk band. You never see a fucking. Um, you, you, I know there's a few deathcore bands, but there's no one really kind of like that. I see it sort of sticking out. Like, um, mm. it's like everything always fits into about like three or four genres. It's like, what's fuck Ireland? You know, <laughs> we like what we like, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, you know, no. <laughs> there's a band you might, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, that you should check out Ocus. Have you heard of them? Ocus, no, I haven't. No, no, they're filthy crust punk stuff type stuff. Yeah. Look them up, okay, US, that's the name. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think yeah. I have heard. Yeah, I've heard. I have. I think I have. Yeah. Yeah. One of the uh, Johnny from my band is in them. Yeah. I think I might actually follow them on Instagram, which would make me a hypocrite because I'm. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's one of the probably they're probably one of the best of that kind of style. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Same or uh, another one is Fuck Hammer. Have you heard Fuck Hammer? Heard of Fuck Hammer? I think I heard one or two songs. Savage, um, Savage Man. Are they are they an already band? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ross, and, who was, was also in my band as well, he's David McCallum's in that band, isn't he? I think he was. I think he's back with them again. So yeah, playing bass. Yeah, so uh, it's basically War Iron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I have the War Iron EPs, um, and, mm. and they're. Uh, I think I heard a track or two of Folk Hammer, like um, 
but like I like I, I, like the last few years, I haven't really been paying enough attention to what's going on. Like Dave McCann was in, was was in a really great band, Terminus. Uh, That's right. Years. Yeah, and Devil Makes Three. Yeah, Devil Makes Three. Yeah, yeah they were a great band. We loved them. We did. You know, but then still you got. Hmm? You remember uh, Stand Up Guy? Remember those I do. Guys? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We toured yeah. with them. We did a, a Lurish tour with them years ago, and uh, like the Ian, Ian, the the frontman from them, has a new project uh, called Haint, right. and it's oh, I've heard the stuff. It's amazing. I can't wait for it to come out. It's okay. sludgy and heavy, and oh, just all sorts so, of goodness, you know. Uh, I, my my old band like used to play gigs with them and used to like really like look up to them and they had the the Immobiliare EP yeah they were so cool they were brilliant well there we go Adrian thanks very much for coming on to the show tonight Um, it's been a great chat and I I wish you all the success with this new uh, EP and um, what I'm going to do is I'll probably play a track at the end of this if that's alright with yourself and Um, tell me, tell me, are you gonna have it up on Spotify at any stage or any place like that? Yeah, over the next couple of days, I'll get it up on Spotify. I'll get it up um, everywhere and just get and get it properly out. Like uh, I had planned on doing all that stuff kind of on, at the end of March, um, mm. and then I just threw it up. And then I was sort of like sitting there looking at it, going, uh, "Is World War Three gonna start? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if it is." to get this out first uh so a preemptive um, strike as they would say <laughs> yeah i get to strike it yeah so but it's, it's kind of like um I, I just wanted to do it and i kind of um just sort of i kind of wanted to be sort of free of all the, the yeah. waiting for it. so um, well i'm delighted for one that you did it and it's getting great with great reception from everyone and yeah, uh, i mean what we want what we want people to do is go onto the band camp and you know buy it that's what we want <laughs> show your support you know um but yeah so listen i will let you go for now and uh thank you again for coming on to king Rose court it's been a great little chat with you there tonight and um uh as i said all the very best with the future you know thanks all right yeah Uh, guys we're gonna we're gonna leave the show now uh, it's been great to see us all again, and I'm sure I'll be back in another month or two. Who knows? I don't uh, time this shit anymore, but you look, when it's on, it's on. King Rose Court is out of here.
for the time.